Beyond the Headline with Aldrin Sampia on SAFM. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. It is seven minutes after five o'clock and you're still listening to Beyond the Headline with me, Aldrin Simpia. It is a Thursday and after five o'clock it is the interview and it is time for the interview. We're in conversation next with uh, Nixon Gadembo. Yeah to share his story. So we're doing our interview a bit differently this week. We always speak to experts on this platform and get their analysis on pressing issues. However, we hardly take time to see and hear and also learn about the human being behind the expertise. Today, we have Nixon Katembo, an African affairs analyst and also producer on Channel Africa. How did a former child soldier, a refugee and a car guard make his way to the airwaves and end up not only building a career as a media practitioner, but also as a political commentator as well. We're taking your calls on 086-000-2032 and your voice notes on 0614-104107. And you can also drop me a tweet at Aldrin Simpia. Nixon, how do you feel? Good afternoon. Yeah, it's a bit nervous, I must say. Yeah. Um, I always sit here making comment on African issues. But today yeah. seems quite you awkward are, because you, it is myself. You as the individual, you're actually at the center of the conversation. I'm kind of commenting on yes. myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have to say that when, when we're discussing it with the team and the idea of bringing you on so that we can have this um, this uh, this interview, um, Andy said, I was like, why not? Let's do it. Um, let, let's uh, let's let's get him on. And once again, thank you so much for agreeing to come on and share your story. Thanks for having me. And I hope that uh, there is one or two lessons to be learned yeah. from this, but also uh, an inspiration. But also uh, looking forward to the future for those who are still have, you know, issues or who might have find themselves in mm. my situation. Okay, let's go to um, Nyakunda village. Um, this is in the DRC. Yeah, and this is where I was born uh, in 1984. Mm. Uh, growing up as a normal child, um, going to primary school, and eventually starting high school. Unfortunately, which was cut short, you would recall that in the DRC, the war broke out in 1996. Uh, that brought uh, and Kabila to power. But prior to that, <coughs> there has been the Rwandan genocide. Yeah. And the spillover of that Rwandan genocide uh, quite have an Im- had an impact on the DRC whereby uh, in places like Nyakunde, where I grew up, um, a refugee, when the war started in the North Kiv province, and uh, we uh, used to call then the place uh, Ho Zaire, um, and the Bunia, uh, the provincial capital of, of Ituri now, was the second largest um, uh, uh, town in, in Ho Zaire at that time. Mm. And uh, when the war breaks out in in Goma, uh, these refugees uh, started r- running in all direction, and we saw these former in uh, uh, ex-fars Rwandan soldiers um, uh, in 
what have become to be known as Interahamwe fleeing in the direction of where we were uh, and eventually disappearing in the forest Mm. in Congo. So uh, this shaped how I became as a child because then as the war continued, uh, when Rwanda and Uganda fought in Kisangani in 1998, um, I mean in 2000, uh, prior to that there has been a war that was that saw the birth of LCD yeah. against the K- Lauren Kabila and the different groups then get born in Ituri, including the fight between the Hem and the Lendu. Yeah. Uh, and where I was born, and this this, uh, so, this time when I get forcefully recruited. Okay, in so, Malaysia. so before we get on to <clears throat> you being recruited or abducted to um, into in, 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 into becoming a child soldier, um, what was life like before that moment of um, the the security threat? Uh, before that moment, uh, quite frankly, we were at school uh, playing, uh, normal kids and. They just read the school. Yeah. Did Did you know at the time what you wanted to be? Do you have Did you have any dreams? No, my dream was just to become a a, a, a political analyst. My really? dream was so even to, back then already. Yes, I had a dream of becoming a great politician. By the way, I had thought of becoming a leader in my own mm. country. Um, and I think that shaped now yeah. what I do today. Eventually, what yes. you would do. Mm. So then 1998 happens. You are 14 years old. Um, what happened? So, Edwin, when we were at high school, these are high school kids, we get randomly rounded up. As By the, who? The, the, the militia group comes, the UPC of Thomas <laughs> Lubanga. So we were taken uh, uh, we're taken uh, to 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 forcefully join the the militia. It has like in a, in, in a truck or what happened? No, no, just say uh, round up and uh, travel with you in distances in the forest, and uh, there you are, you'll be kept. Where there. the teachers at the time? Uh, the teachers, some of them have been taken with, uh, some have run, mm. right? And you are virtually on your own, and uh, when you you are there, you. You you have to submit. Mm. Either you submit, either you are shot at on spot and blank, upon uh, blank. Uh, w- what was going through your mind at the time? Did you know what was happening? At the time, you don't know exactly. Of course, you see the war because the war had started early enough and we know the effect of the war is you have to run, you have to get away from any... Uh, uh, armed group and so on, but at this particular point in time, you are taken. You have no say to. You are told what do you need to be done. Mm. Uh, on top of that, you know that any mistake of going against the orders that are given, you are shot at, at yeah. point, point blank. And and uh, to me, I saw colleagues who tried actually to escape being killed mm. um it is a sad story at a time i don't uh, often like to get to it but you know as you mm. grow you grow out of certain yeah. things and, um, and 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 when that was happening so now you are in the forest um were you told that that um you are now going to be assigned a particular role and did you go through any training at all? 
Well, the training is just, uh, you know, ragtag. You get trained to how to take uh, to uh, use RPG. Uh, so you actually is, held it in your hand? Uh, yes, a ro- mm. rocket propeller grenade. Uh, you get to use uh, uh, guns like uh, AK-47. You get to... You're only 14 years old. Yes. You get to learn how to uh, do reconnaissance um, uh, missions for, for your enemies. And all of these uh, uh, military terms that some uh, mm. <laughs> might not be nice to to talk about on the radio. Yeah, uh, and and when when the after after the recruitment and now it is uh, the training that that takes place. Um, in hindsight, now when you look back, was there any indoctrination around your understanding of what was happening at at the time and why you were amongst those who were abducted to become a child soldier? Of course, uh, the indoctrination is obvious. Uh, at that time, as a, as a young boy, you wouldn't know that this is indoctrination. Yeah. It's only when you grow, now you look back and reflect that, oh, I survived this. Because you are told that these group of people are your enemies, and therefore you have to attack. You, you, there is a greater reward after you take over territory and B, you will earn such and such and salaries, and all of these uh, utopia build around you know the mm. morale of mm. of you being in. in Were the, you convinced though at 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 any point? Um, is 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 you are you are coerced. Yeah. And not necessarily that I was convinced, but because it happened in the form of coercion. One thing I really uh thank pat myself on is having refused to try uh, to use um uh, things like uh, um uh, drugs uh, mm. or alcohol. Yeah. Um, or even a cigarette. Uh, I, I, I often ask myself, well, how did I survive a cigarette? Yeah. Or how did I survive, uh, uh, for example, <laughs> cannabis use? Uh, because it was a norm for you to be yeah. able to be high, to to be able to, to, yeah. to go on. Were you then ever called to form part of a battalion that is going to be part of a clash that's going to take place and now you need to be armed and you need to go out? Oh, certainly. Yeah, what no, happened? Not once, not not twice. And in fact, through that fight uh, that happened just outside Bunia uh, that I escaped. Mm. Uh, Did you ever shoot at anyone? Adrian, in a war, uh, it is a normal practice to shoot at human being. Mm. Unfortunately, did you count how many times? I don't. Yeah. I don't. Um, it's because you're shooting. You are. You don't have a proper training. You are shooting uh, every indiscriminately. Direct, indiscriminately, every direction. You wouldn't know that whether you have killed yeah. a person or not. Okay. Zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. You can also drop me a tweet at Aldrin Simpia, and our studio line is zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. In conversation with Nixon Katembo, who is an African affairs commentator and speaking really about his life, his upbringing. Now we're dealing with the aspect of his early childhood, where he was um, abducted and became.
became a child soldier and a bit later on we'll deal with the aspect around how he escaped and um, how he managed to you know find his way onto radio like he is now and giving commentary on African affairs quickly want to take this call from Mark who's joining us from Durban good afternoon Mark uh, good afternoon, Alden, and to your guest. Uh, so, Nixon, you know, well done from your past to where you are now. Uh, highly commendable. And the youngsters who are listening in locally, you know, see a, a, uh, there's always a, a, a good, um, you know, there's a ray of hope at the end of the tunnel. But what I want to ask, you know, there's this movie by uh, called Beast of Africa. I don't know if you've seen it. By hey, Idris Elba. Name? Idris Elba, Beast of Africa, and it portrays yeah. the, it portrays the young the soldiers as vicious, and uh, and I wanted to know how much of that is true. Beast mm. of Africa, okay. it is an excellent excellent movie. But I wanted to know psychologically from that part, how did you overcome this to present to the present? Because the, you know I've seen this movie and it's horror horror. So mm-hmm. yeah, I I'd like to know how you overcame. From oh, that just give me the name the name of that movie again. Beast of Africa. Beast Beast of Africa. Okay, we'll get yeah, Nixon by, to. Yeah, res- Idris Idris Elba. Okay, Idris we'll. Elba. Oh, yeah. is it not Beast Beast of No Nation? Beast of No Nation. Yeah, Beast of No Nation. Okay. Okay, we'll get we'll get Nixon to respond to that. We're going to take a quick ad break, and we come back. We take continue to take your calls and um, your voice notes as well. This is Aldrin Sampia on Beyond the Headline. It's 22 minutes after 5 o'clock. It is the interview and we're in conversation with uh, Nixon Katembo, who is an African affairs commentator and also producer here at uh, Channel Africa. Nixon, that question there from Mark, I don't know if you've watched the movie Beast of No Nation. Yeah, I, I have watched it and I understand the kind of uh, uh, violence is uh, portrayed yeah. among the child soldiers and it is normal. Uh, especially in an environment where you are being indoctrinated. Uh, uh, Not only that, you are being coerced to do what you do. And um, overcoming is really a personal decision that you take as a person. Mm. Uh, Because when you sit down, you constantly have to reflect, why am I here? Uh, Is there a future for me? And I think that come from background of my childhood uh, in the family and the family teachings. Mm. What as happened well. to your family? It's another story. Um, I don't think, like in any other world, there is a casualties, and unfortunately, that was part of the story. You lost your entire family. Yeah. Shucks, man. Sorry to hear that. Um, KJM is joining us from Kuruman. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, uh, Alden. Good afternoon to Nixon and to my fellow listeners. Um, the, the, these are some of the stories, uh, Aldrin, that, that do not only break hearts, but they also tell a story about uh, African people and the exploitation of the highest level from the peoples of uh, of the peoples from uh, across the the, the world mm. into Africa. Now, here, here's what I would like to to hear from Nixon. Uh, now, as a as a media personality, having gone through what you've gone through, knowing what you know about certain countries uh, that that actually uh, fund the kind of of civil wars and 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 so forth across the continent, how does it make you feel when you're in a position of of knowledge mm. and, and
and you know what has happened to you, to your family, and and to the rest of your 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 combatants, as it were, your comrades back home, and and seeing the way things are, where certain countries will come, the very countries that are funding these wars yeah. come out. And KGM, I'm going to ask you to be really, really short. Um, please conclude the question there. Yeah, I just want to to know how he relates to these countries that he knows yeah. that these are the countries that are funding this, this kind of wars. Thank okay. you for taking my Thank call you so much, KGM. Rudzani is joining us from Jane First. Uh, good afternoon, Rudzani. Good afternoon. I just want to find out, um, and I watched the other movie by Will Dahl, The Child Soldier. I just want to find out as to how does he feel when people like in Zimbabwe are being denied their freedom, but then South Africa will be one of those countries that were supposed maybe to assist, but then whenever people from South Africa, including uh, our pre- former president, make it go there, he try to brush this thing as if there is nothing wrong, and then uh, those people must try to solve their problems. I had some few questions that I was told that I should be quick. Just only yeah. on those two. Okay, okay. Thank you so much for that, uh, Rutani KGM and Rutani there. You can go ahead. Yes, so with the KGM, I would say that I, as a student of politics who having studied political economy during my uh, undergraduates and uh, honors, I, I understand fully and it's always create a sense of, of resentment somehow, knowing too well what is going on, that there are people pulling the string out, uh, out from outside. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I have said it on many, numerous occasions and many analyses that I, I do that... Because you've got first-hand experience. Yes, because I've got a first-hand experience. Even on, on the national organizations, uh, I, I don't want to accuse any for, for, for not, but I know for an international yeah. organization which actually carried the gun to us. Uh, yeah? Yes. Um, uh, 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 when you say organization, you have NGO. NGO, international organization, which carried the gun to us. What? So, that yeah. is a story, story for, for another, another day. day. Okay. But... Uh, Adrian, I'm glad to be here, and and perhaps for 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 the case of Zimbabwe, it's it's so unfortunate that the situation is going what it is, but I would say this, and I repeat again, war is never a nice thing, mm-hmm. and anyone who talk war, I always feel sorry because they don't have an yeah. experience of, us, of what it means to be in a war, whether you are a regular soldier whether you are a child soldier, whether you are a rebel or militia, mm. war is just yeah. ugly. And and then you managed to you managed to escape um and eventually then forced into slavery, but then ended up in South Africa and things changed for you. Yeah, I managed to to I lived in a refugee new uh, camp in Uganda. Afterwards I uh, drove to the city of Kampala, eventually moved uh, after some sometimes moved to Dar es Salaam via uh, road and then to Zambia where I was arrested for some good math taken to court and <laughs> the, mm. the case couldn't be sustained because we were just nothing. Eventually worked with a businessman from Tanzania and who took me to Botswana for, after staying there for a while. I find myself in South Africa and I Finding myself in South Africa, eventually became a car guard in Durban, uh, where I studied partially uh, to earn my high school uh, uh, matric certificate. Yeah. Uh, that this is in 2005, 
and afterwards I worked in a shop. Uh, from there, I also um, uh, eventually uh, opened my own spaza shop and uh, in um, in a, in a, in a blue blue combos in Cape Town. Oh, okay. Uh, which, if unfortunately, was raided in 2008 uh, with a xenophobic attack. And having saved a little bit of it, I always had a passion to go to university. Mm. Eventually, I rolled for the University of the Western Cape uh, with a, a, deg- um, a degree in political science and sociology. And from there, uh, I am here today. Here you are. Here you <laughs> I earned my wait, honors wait. there. Eventually, rolled for master's at Wits University. And here I am. Mm. <laughs> Are you going to do for going for a PhD? Yes, it's you that's are. It, it's certainly that yeah. is that is. What what did that moment mean to you when um, the University of the Western Cape a- accepted you um, with with your results, of course, that you got through um, through your matric, and considering that as a kid you wanted to do exactly this? It was a, a moment of pride. Um, I remember I paid full tuition fees of from my saving for the first year but then from from onwards i survived on uh, odd jobs doing here and there but also uh, tutoring on campus i mm. would thank my my lecturers on campus especially uh, uh, umesh bawa who is now the head of international relations at uwc uh, umesh saved me from being dropping out of university in my second year mm. because he paid partially for my tuition fees sure. and I'm I'm very grateful to him eventually I ended up in a campus politics uh, becoming the transformation uh, transformation officer of the SRC mm. uh, that was in 2011 which also paid for my third year uh, 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 yeah. at the university and eventually got a bursary for my honors and and my masters. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we've run out of time. Um, we'd love to continue this conversation. Hopefully, you are writing a book so that we can get all of the other um, holes that are still there in the story. But a quick one in closing. What lessons do you think you have learned about the human spirit as well as resilience? It is always in a time of difficulty that the true human spirit reveals itself. What I mean by this is that when you face ch- real challenges, the human ingenuity in you comes up. And this is what I have, come, have, have, I have learned, that you have to be resilient even in the face of difficulties because there is always light at the end of the tunnel. I know there are many car guards who have not made it, who are still in a car parking, and but I know some others who, who are now doctors. I, I have uh, four of my friends who were car guard, whom I can, wow. I can list. They are now doctors. Some are lecturer at the, the University of KwaZulu Natal, uh, the other at uh, in, in 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 the Western Cape at the University of Stellenbosch, and the other one is at Northwest Northwest University. Yeah. So, the idea is never undermine anyone. There is always a positive aspect and there is always a story in the life of anyone, whether negative or positive. There is always, we all have something to contribute to human society. 
Thank you so much, uh, Nixon. Nixon Katembo, and thanks you once again uh, for sharing your story with us. And uh, we're very grateful, actually, to have you and get your insights on the show. I know that some of our listeners also really appreciate that. It's time for the news headlines.